1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome on in everybody to one of the final crossover Thursdays of the season. We are once again joined by Washington football team locked on podcast host David Harrison. David, how's it going, my friend? I know it was a rough outing for the Washington football team last week, and it seems like we just met less than a week and a half ago, but this time we will be meeting on Sunday. How are you feeling going into this one and final division game for uh, Washington?
0: Uh, You know. Personally, I'm I'm feeling great. I appreciate it. it's always good to talk to you, and, and always good to preview these divisional matchups uh, from a Washington football team standpoint. I think you know a little bit. There's got to be a little bit of deflation going on there, and uh, you know, and, and the team you know two and six entering into the bye, they increase their record uh, on seat. On, you know, the Super Bowl champions defeat them coming out of their bye week, have some really strong wins against some playoff competitive teams, uh, and then you know, even their record out to six and six and uh, promptly lose three in a row to drop to six and nine. And then here we are. Uh, we're in the – I like to call this the mathematically relevant part of the season because while Washington not officially out of it, uh, I mean their, their chances of, of getting in you know, are, are fairly slim.
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones where you look on Sunday and at the bottom of the In the Hunt graphic you're still there saying, how do I have a chance? Well, these other teams have eight wins. And it seems you guys started two and six. The Eagles started two and five. Both teams kind of changed their fortune around in that middle of the season. And then the last couple of weeks, it just seems to have gone two different directions, a lot to do with COVID and what happened a couple of weeks ago against the Eagles with that delay in the football game. But these NFC East matchups, they're never easy. And it looks like Washington is getting healthier. The Eagles are getting healthier down the stretch here. And do you have a better feeling Sunday than you did, let's say last Sunday against Dallas, and even on Tuesday the week before that.
0: Uh, definitely a better feeling than than going against the Dallas Cowboys, and, and a little bit better than you know going against the Eagles again. You you do have some you know a, a smaller uh, COVID nineteen list that's always going to be helpful. You still have some concerning uh, injuries, you know, to for the team to work through. William Jackson uh, the third didn't participate in practice on Wednesday for Washington. He's a guy who missed uh, the Dallas Cowboys game, didn't practice at all. Uh, the week leading up to the Cowboys game, so obviously still uh, hampered by that calf injury. Looked more like an Achilles injury, but it's listed as a calf injury. Uh, Sam Cosme, their offensive lineman. The offensive line, uh, except for against the Dallas Cowboys really especially, uh, has has been uh, a a bright spot for the team, if you want to call it that. And Sam Cosme uh, being out for an illness, not COVID, but it's still an illness. It's flu season, so you don't know. You know That's that's something you can't really predict how that's going to work. And then Montez Sweat. Not a practice uh, for personal reasons, and and again those are usually undisclosed as they should be. That's personal business, and not you know media business unless he wants to make it media business. But again, with personal matters, you know you look at Calvin Ridley with the Atlanta Falcons. That's a that's a prime example. You don't know how to how to predict that moving forward. Uh, but they have guys like Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel. is a hamstring limited. Uh, on On Wednesday, so you have some hope that he's going to be back there. But bottom line is, this team much less stricken with injuries and COVID issues uh, than they were the last time these two teams meet. Really, or met at this at this point in time, again, mathematically still in it. Realistically, you know, th- it's a very big long shot. Uh, we saw some infighting right against You know, when when the, um, the during the Dallas Cowboys game. So you really kind of wonder just how much juice does this team have left, and we're we're going to start to find that out Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, and we'll get into more of the X's and O's in segment two and three, but I think that's a great point that you talk about a team that is less banged up than the last time they played them. One of the guys that had a really big day against them, Miles Sanders, just broke his hand. He has a fracture in his hand, so he will be out for this game. So now the Eagles they're in one of those precarious positions where they will have to come overcome adversity once again, because Jordan Howard might not be there. They'll probably be down to their third and fourth running back. Even carry Johnson was signed back to the practice squad this week. Somebody who had spent some time on the Eagles roster earlier in the year, but this is the time now in week 17 where they're going to have to play an additional game in week 18, where we've seen teams kind of find their way towards the end of the season, being the walking wounded. And it seems like we're here again with a big game in hand for the Eagles and for Washington, they could play spoiler. And how much stock do you put into that, playing spoiler for this team? How good would it feel for Washington to beat the Eagles come Sunday?
0: I mean, I think it's it's something, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I think internally, I think when you're the Washington Football Team in this scenario, in this situation, you have to be more internally motivated, you know. But there's nothing wrong with looking out there and saying, you know, look, we can we can keep a division rival from from being, you know, in the postseason. And we and the, the fans have been a big part of the conversation all season long for the Washington Football Team, going back to the preseason and and, and during the early part of the off season with the, the name change, you know, upcoming and the new logo and and all that stuff uh, still to be revealed and. Even during the winning streak, you know, the, the the fans weren't necessarily coming back to FedEx field in droves the way that maybe people had hoped kind of they would. More fans were at the Dallas Cowboys game, and then that kind of you know started off in disaster, eventually ended up uh, in a loss, even though they kind of made it close there towards the end. So that didn't help matters either. This is the last home game. Uh, I mean, even if Washington makes it into the play, let's say they beat Philly, they beat New York, and then the laundry list of things that have to happen uh, in order for Washington to get in with nine losses. Even after winning out the, the last two games of the season, if those things happen, you're, you're the seventh seed. You know, you're, you're a wild card team. You're not hosting a playoff game, so this is the last game the Washington football team under that name will play in FedEx Field. That's, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a fair point because the Eagles a couple of weeks ago they played the Giants on Michael Strahan Day. So I know yeah. I'm I'm very superstitious myself. So you can have a bad loss at the hands of a team that, like you said, this is legitimately one of the last times they could actually be the Washington football team. And now I'm going to have that in the back of my head when I'm (laughs) looking at who I got to bet for this weekend. And I I was looking at that line a couple weeks ago, and it was a multi-point line. It was a two-digit line in that game. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's going to be a little closer this week. And we'll talk about the X's and O's. David and myself, when we get back, I will be asking David about the Washington football team and who they will be lining up against the Birds. And like I just mentioned, I will be betting this game because I always bet every NFC East matchup. This is really where you find out if you know the teams in your division and know who you're talking about because you want to be as on par as you can and you draft to beat your division. And you also bet in the best sportsbook possible, and that's betonline.ag. And they have you covered All season long. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I hit a plus 800 prop on betonline.ag. You can literally make whatever prop in the world you want. Just go to their new interface. The number one interface out there for any sports book. I've been gambling now for almost 10 years. This is by far the best one. You can get 50% towards your first bonus deposit. By Using the promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N. So, if you put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you 50 additional dollars to bet on basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, whatever sport you like. I bet some soccer today. There's everything and anything you can imagine on Bet Online. Fastest and easiest way to bet you could do it on your phone, do it on your computer, laptop. Just go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N. Bet Online
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, everybody, welcome on back. One of the final crossover Thursdays and the final crossover Thursday. With the Washington football team, Gino Camilleri, host of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your first listen of each and every day. And for all the Washington football team fans, I hope you're checking out David Harrison and the Lockdown Washington football team podcast each and every day. You know where to get the podcast by now, but we are talking matchups in the NFC East here, David. A couple weeks ago on Tuesday, a lot of that team was out for Washington give us some names that will be seeing the field this sunday that the eagles didn't have a chance to face on tuesday and where they might have the biggest bump because of these newly added names
0: yeah i mean i think that you know when you you look at the team for one the preparation ability and, and the and the opportunity to work together and to get better together as much as possible is going to be the biggest improvement but you look at the offensive line and the potential to get a little bit healthier there, and again, Sam Cosmi out with that illness on Wednesday in practice. You kind of hope it runs its course the way the normal illnesses do, and he'll be back on the field. But again, we don't know 100 on on what that's going to look like. And then the secondary, if if the Philadelphia Eagles' running game is hampered, uh, you know, by by some of these injuries and losses of some of these running backs, then what you hope is that top ten ranked rushing defense for Washington Football Team, even without Chase Young. Assuming again, Montez Sweat comes back to the team uh, with his personal issue and, and is on the field. And then Jonathan Allen and Duron and Daron and and Payne can get over their personal their personal or professional issues that they had. And they hashed out a little bit on the Cowboys sideline. Both of them, you know, basically said it, it is what it is. It's over Jonathan Allen said so he didn't carry it in the locker room. Duron Payne said it's like brothers, you know, brothers fight. And, and unfortunately, uh, these brothers live under the national spotlight. So when they fight, it's it's really big news. Um, but until it's until it's a real problem, we're not really all that too concerned about. I think it's a one-time one time situation a frustrated defense, so they're looking to, uh, and we kind of go back to segment one where we talk about motivations, right? I think this team is looking to show themselves first and foremost that they are a more cohesive unit. It's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type of situation. Is is the four game winning streak Washington football team the real football team, or is this three game losing streak and then the two and six start uh, Washington football team the real football team? I think what most people will say at six and nine is, well, the two and six and the three game losing streak is more really who you are. But internally, you have to find out what your identity is. This is an opportunity for this team to go down fighting, even if you don't win, even if you don't make the playoffs. Give yourself the best chance that you possibly can. And this is a matchup. We talked about against, uh again before the last matchup. This is a matchup where strength on strength. The Eagles like to run the ball. The Washington football team likes to stop the run game. And then you turn the ball over to, to Taylor Heineke, the quarterback. Uh, look, he got benched against the Dallas Cowboys and and – you can call it for whatever it is, injuries banged up, whatever it is, seven for twenty-two, two interceptions is never going to win a, a game in the National Football League. So, Taylor, a fighter. As deficient as he might be as an NFL quarterback compared to a lot of guys out there, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. He's a great, he's a he's a great fighter. He's a resilient young man, and that's what they need from this team. So it's it really is it's kind of that Rocky moment. And I mean, it's the Philadelphia Eagles, so why not? It's not in Philly, but it's against the Eagles. So why not kind of invoke the spirit of Rocky Balboa. I think a lot of Eagle fans are getting mad at me for doing so, but that's really where this team is. They're kind of against the ropes. Everybody's doubting them. This is their chance to show. Are you a fighter a contender or are you a pretender? And have you been the entire time? And, and if they are a pretender, I mean, this team's got a lot. We were talking about in the, in the preseason, this might be a team that's L quarterback or, you know, a running back or a wide receiver away from being a serious contender. If this team comes out flat against Philly. And then again, in New York uh, a week later, there may be a lot more moves coming on this roster.
1: Yeah, let's stick with that because I just found out the other day that Ron Rivera has only had three winning seasons as an NFL head coach. And you talk about this can they go down swinging or do they go down and have a repeat performance of what happened in Dallas? Where is your mind at with this team? Do you think it's that big of a swing that could happen in these last two weeks that Rivera could maybe even lose the locker room? I don't want to speculate on anything, but I would love to hear you because you're much more familiar with the team and what you have to think about it.
0: Yeah. So Ron Rivera, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of 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 layers. This thing, it's like an onion. I'm gonna I'm gonna elicit uh the mm-hmm. great Shrek, right? It's like an onion. There's a lot of layers to this thing. Um and and to be honest, at six and nine, this team looks a lot like an ogre. Um I think Ron Rivera is still the right man for the job. And I think that the organization needs to continue to support Ron Rivera and what he does. I think there are some staff changes coming down down the pike a little bit. I think there there might be some new coordinators in the building uh, for to the 2022 season. And I think what this team really needs to do is take a long, hard look at their veteran players. Their younger players, again, your guys like Sam Cosme uh, and some of your your Jamin Davis, you know, first round draft pick coming in, Deami Brown, a wide receiver, uh, who's a draft pick this last year. I think those guys are kind of, they're in their developmental stages and you just need to keep working with them. But when you look at your veteran players, you got to kind of start looking at who are going to be the Lions in in your locker room and who are the dogs. And uh, I love dogs. I train dogs for a living for the Army. So I don't mean that in in necessarily the, the negative light that it comes out, but in a comparative way, you need Lions in the locker room because this is not a franchise that is under a positive light, whether it's it's due to football play on the field, whether it's due to organizational mishaps. Uh, obviously, everything going on with Dan Snyder. This is a very hard team, right? Ron Rivera mentioned after the Dallas Cowboys team, these guys aren't robots. These, these are human beings. And then you have what happened with DeShazer Everett over the weekend before the Dallas Cowboys game, getting into the car wreck, uh, you know, going to the hospital and his girlfriend passing away. Unfortunately, there were other players that were there and witnessed the car accident. So, I mean, this is not an easy team to be a part of. Right. So what you have to find out is who are the players that can stomach being a part of this team? That sounds really terrible, but that's really kind of the situation you're in. And that's what I think you're going to find out over the next two weeks. And the guys that aren't, uh, there's an old saying, right, that says when people show you who they are, believe them. If there are guys on this roster that are not capable of being part of this team moving forward, you got to find that out in the next two weeks. And moving forward, you have to either get them on board or find new places for them to be employed.
1: Right. It's almost like one foot out the door. You're already out the door to an extent. And I believe that Rivera is a very good choice morally, character wise for the Washington football team. But I need to pick your brain on what he said, because a lot of Eagles fans are confused that Kyle Allen is going to play. But Taylor Heineke is going to start. Walk us through this quarterback scenario. I know a lot of us are sitting here questioning what might happen on Sunday.
0: (laughs) They don't know who their quarterback of the future is. And I, and I think, you know, Ron's not going to sit up there and say, our chances are out. Oh, we're, we're done. But again, we're to the mathematically relevant portion of the season. Right. And everybody knows that. And, and we're going to continue to say they're technically not out of it, but you know, if, if we're being real, they're not going to the playoffs. Um, nine losses, wasn't going to get you in the playoffs when there weren't 18, you know, uh, or 17 regular season games. Now there are, so there are teams that have the opportunity to win even more. Um, and I think that's really what this boils down to, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick was always, always supposed to be a bridge quarterback. Now who he was bridging to, that was kind of the question. Was it going to be Taylor Heineke? Was it going to be a future draft pick uh, or, or was Washington going to get into the trade conversations during the off season with maybe Seattle for Russell Wilson, Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers If he still wants out Houston for Deshaun Watson, if, uh, if he gets cleared of, of all of his mess or to a tongue of Iloa. that was a, a rumor that got really hot towards the trade deadline and the overarching opinion or, or belief is that if uh, Houston would have done the things to satisfy Miami's concerns about Deshaun Watson's playing uh, time, you know, long term, then they would have traded for Deshaun, and Tua Tagovailoa would have been traded to Washington, and Tua Tagovailoa then, in essence, would be your quarterback of the future, quote unquote. That didn't happen. Taylor Heineke had some solid performances, but this team never leaned on Taylor Heineke to lead them to victory, even during the winning streak. Some of the some of the lowest. Uh, Pass attempts of his season came in those wins and it kind of shows you what the team was leaning on to win those games so when you have a quarterback that you can't rely on to lead you to victory that's a problem then you look through the losing streak and you have a quarterback that's also contributing to your losing streak that kind of puts the puzzle pieces together for you and again we love taylor and his spirit and his story but stories don't win football games so if taylor's not your guy you got to figure out if kyle allen can be your guy because if he's also not your guy Ryan Fitzpatrick's another year older. He's coming off of injury. He's not. He's only on a one-year contract, so he's not on your team unless you want him to be anyway. Where does this team go at the quarterback position? Because you got a, a star in, ter- in Terry McLaurin uh, that, quite honestly, is being wasted with a lack of solid quarterback option in Washington.
1: Yeah, let's stick on the passing game because I firmly believe that if you're going to beat this Eagles team, it's going to come at the hands of Terry McLaurin, who had a big catch over Darius Slay. And I want to point out, why didn't Antonio Gibson get involved in the pass game more against the Eagles the last go-around? I really feel like you saw what he could do in that Dallas game. Do you feel like he'll be a bigger impact? Because on the ground, they held him to sub-50 yards last game. Do you think that that might be the way forward for the Washington offense coming into Sunday?
0: I would like for it to be. um, That's something Scott Turner, you know, Washington's offensive coordinator, this conversation we've had all season, Chris and I over at the Locked on Washington football team podcast, is that you have two running backs in Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, who unfortunately has been dealing with injuries, but both of them are former wide receivers. Both of them are converted into running backs. So why aren't both of them kind of getting used more in the passing game? And they get used a little bit. Uh, and J.D. McKissick gets used more in the passing game than Antonio Gibson does. I would like to see that happen more often. I brought up the idea of you have Taylor Heineke, who's an athletic quarterback that can run. He's not Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson he can run the ball. And you have Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. Line all three of them up in the backfield. Do some play action. Do mm-hmm. some misdirection. Force defenses to really kind of make a decision and maybe open up some gaps for either Taylor to run the ball or for a pass to open up somewhere else. We haven't really kind of seen that level of creativity. We saw a little bit more creativity from Scott Turner's offense coming out of the bye week. And then during that win streak, it kind of seemed to go a little bit and kind of looked like Scott was starting to cater his offense a little bit more to what Taylor brings To the field. But then again, you go back to the losing streak. They kind of bring everything in, tighten it all back up, go back to that kind of traditional Scott Turner offense. And that really doesn't accentuate Antonio Gibson's abilities as a pass catcher while Jarrett Patterson is getting a little bit more involved uh, as a running back. And I just, I agree. I would like to see Antonio Gibson more involved in the passing game. Uh, Until we start seeing it, it's hard to believe that it's going to start happening this late in the season. Um, But I would like to start. So I agree with you from when you're watching this team. I don't know why it's not happening. I would like to see it happening. I just don't have confidence in it happening until I see it actually taking place.
1: I would say that Antonio Gibson and Jarrett Patterson were by far my favorite running back in the last two respective draft classes so seeing them both score against the Eagles a couple weeks ago was absolutely gut-wrenching but we'll go to the defensive side of the ball before we finish up here I think we know what the strength of Washington is it's that defensive front if you're going to give me one guy that we're going to see on Sunday but also could be an under the radar guy moving forward into 22 23 who is one player that you could see being the X factor for this game, but also being an instrumental piece moving forward for Washington?
0: Uh, I think I got it with Deron Payne. And, you know, Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen is a known commodity there, the defensive tackle. Montez Sweat, I don't, I would like to go Montez Sweat, but again, with that personal issue, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's going to keep him off the field this Sunday, so I don't want to say that. Chase Young, obviously, is, is not going to play in this game because of his injury. Um, but Deron Payne, I mean, look, you know, the, the way that, that fight on the sideline, if you want to call it that, the scuffle, uh, turned out, it looked like Jonathan Allen was basically calling him out, and and these are two guys that played collegiately together in Alabama. They're obviously playing together in Washington. Um, Jonathan Allen's obviously had a better start to his career than Deron Payne has, but Deron Payne is still a guy who has talent. Some some effort, you know, knocks have, have been used against him, and that's kind of what I talk about when you talk about who really wants to be a part of this, uh, this team that is surrounded by turmoil and help the turmoil get settled by playing well on the field. If Deron Payne doesn't want to be a part of that pro- that process. maybe the team needs to move on from him. This is an opportunity for him to come back and show that he is going to be a key element to this team, finding a way to write all the the things that that are ailing them right now and coming in against a division rival, again, with not a whole lot on the line, quote-unquote, but still playing your heart out. That's the great way, or that's a great way to start showing this coaching staff in the front office that you deserve to be a part of this team moving forward and that you want to be a part of this team moving forward. So I'm looking at him. I'm going to be watching him pretty much every snap. Are you coming in with a fire lit under you after being called out by a team captain, getting into a fight and all this other stuff, or are you going to melt under the pressure?
1: That's a great way to put it, David. And I will ask you one final question. If the Washington football team is going to win this game on Sunday, what unit offense or defense has to play a plus football?
0: Uh, It's it's Taylor Heineke has to play a plus football. I mean, I would like to say quarterback in general, but I think Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, you know, again, he's going to get on the field, apparently, and and that's all well and fine. But I think Taylor Heineke is going to be the guy that really kind of gets his ink kicked off. And this team hasn't shown a lot of ability to get back and get right if they fall behind. You know, they've had some comebacks and, and all that stuff, but they're not coming back and winning a lot of these games. So if Taylor Heineke gets out there and starts them off on a bad note within an interception or a fumble or just not moving the ball, then I think the potential for the Philadelphia Eagles to come out, put some points on the board early Uh, Is there, And if that happens, this team just hasn't shown the ability to catch back up.
1: Well, that will do it for David being on the burner, answering the question about Washington football team. When we come back, it will be David asking me about the Philadelphia Eagles who have a chance to wrap up a playoff spot on Sunday.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, guys, wrapping up this Crossover Thursday episode, Locked on Eagles, Locked on Washington football team. I'm David Harrison. He is Gino Camilleri, your host of these two shows, co-host of these two shows. So, Gino, Philadelphia Eagles, you mentioned it, right? The playoff chase, the playoff race, if they if they beat the Washington football team and send the WFT, we assume, again, that the, the WFT moniker will not be sticking around for 2022. Maybe it'll be Red Wolves. Maybe it'll be Commanders. Hopefully it's not Defenders because 6-9, and nine, you're not defending a whole lot of much right now. Um, but we assume that this is the last time WFT will walk onto and off of FedEx field, Philadelphia Eagles. Did you expect this Eagles squad to be here in this position, looking to clinch a playoff spot against a division rival? I know we all looked at the end of this, this schedule and said that division stretches the key stretch. It's killed the Washington football team, obviously so far, but it's elevated the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you think this is where the Eagles would be at this point in time? And, How confident are you that they're going to be a a real noisemaker when the playoffs come if they get in?
1: Yeah, so for the first part of it, when Lou and I were breaking down this team prior to the season, there were two trains of thought. There were people that thought they legitimately had a chance to be a bottom five team, picking in the top five of the draft. But if you look at this team from 30,000 feet, where they excel is in the trenches. And I will put any football team at any given level with top defensive line play and top offensive line play on any given Sunday or whatever day you play, they have a chance to win football games. Vegas had them pegged at six and a half wins. So breaking down the schedule, I had them right around six to seven wins. But then you look at it in that first part of the season, when we played your Bucks, who you're also the host of Lockdown Bucks podcast, mm-hmm. that was a bad part of the season. Nick Sirianni was getting his feet under him. Jalen Hurts was passing too much. The defense just couldn't really do anything. They start slow, They get to that middle ground where you play some of these teams, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos, some of these teams that are fighting for playoff spots, the New Orleans Saints, for example, and you do well in those games. And then ultimately the season was going to come down to the stretch for any team fighting for a spot in the wild card or the division. Dallas has succeeded more than I thought they would have, and they have a chance to go on and be the team that – Either Washington or the Eagles or Minnesota ends up playing on the road, or it could be the Bucs. But right now, it's that race for who is the best team at seven. And you look at the rest of the teams, I would say I expected New Orleans to be better. I would have expected Atlanta maybe to be a little better, especially where Matt Ryan is. But the Eagles have overachieved, in my opinion. And can they make noise? if the offensive line plays as good as they have the defensive line plays as good as they have, like I said, I I put them up against any team, especially in a season in the NFL, or is there an elite football team? I don't know if there is. I think everybody is beatable in college this year. There's not a great team. The NFL, there's not a great team. Parity is an at an all time high in this sport. And I would like to say that the Eagles could upset a team on the road. Who knows? But I don't I don't think it'll be a blowout if it does happen. I think they'll keep it around maybe six to seven points simply because they can grind games out in the trenches, beat you with that run game, which they were excelling at the last half of the year. And as long as Jalen Hurts takes care of the football, you're not going to be in a precarious f- uh, position, field position-wise, to help out your defense, who has been playing very good ball under Jonathan Gannon.
0: Yeah. And, and you mentioned the run game, you mentioned the running tag, obviously the strength of this team, uh, the number one rushing offense in the National Football League, which makes me happy. I'm an old school three yards in a cloud of dust type of guy. Uh, but you mentioned it earlier. Jordan Howard, uh, you know, did not practice on Wednesday with the stinger. Miles Sanders with his broken hand, obviously not practicing on Wednesday. Kenneth Gainwell, an ankle injury, a limited participant. So maybe he he actually plays. And then even Jalen Hurts still dealing with, with an ankle injury. Yeah. Um, who are who's going to carry the ball for this Philadelphia Eagles offense? Let's let's get beyond Kenneth Gainwell and obviously beyond Jalen Hurts. Who are the who are the players that Washington fans can expect to see on the field going up against this eighth ranked Washington football team rush defense?
1: So it's going to be Boston Scott, a guy who has to step up in a big way. They've had him on this team for a multitude of reasons, special teams as your returner, as your second running back at times. And now he's a guy who's a committee running back who has fresh legs and has been in spots where he has had to carry the load. But outside of that, they're going to do it via a committee approach. Get Gainwell, if he is playing with that angle injury, he should be good to go. I thought he was limited in practice today, so he should be all right going into Sunday. Carry on, Johnson, like I mentioned earlier in the show, they signed him to the practice squad. But don't rule out a lot of the wide receivers lining up in the backfield. You've seen Devontae Smith a few times roaming around there. He did that a lot in the Washington game. Jalen Rager has been behind the line of scrimmage. I wouldn't doubt that they get these wide receivers a few carries, especially in the absence of a guy like Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, who are clearly the best two backs on this team, just looking at numbers wise, looking at their ability to hit the hole, their vision, their patience. They've just been running very well, but how do you spread that around? You just give everybody a chance to do so. And if you could get Washington out on the edges with that attacking front where they'd like to get at you, you're going to have to be able to get past the edge. And I trust Jeff Stoutland to block up those edges for those athletic wide receivers if it comes down to that, which I really think there's going to be a lot of motion, a lot of motion, jet motion, orbit motion, whatever you want to throw back there. Those guys will be in the backfield.
0: Absolutely. But you talk about those wide receivers, you know, I, I kind of go back in my mind a little bit to that Miami Dolphins win over the Baltimore Ravens and how uh, they came out the defense. So so insanely unique on it, like it's insane that it actually worked uh, where they basically just completely stacked the line of scrimmage, stacked the box and basically told the Baltimore Ravens that you have zero time to, to develop a run. You have zero time to get out of the pocket as a quarterback with Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that Houston is going to be as as brazen as to do that, but if Washington comes out. And, and completely sells out to say, you're not going to beat us with that number one rushing attack. We're going to do everything we have to do to bottle that up. Can guys like Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager get out there, get open, get, you know, get, get into their routes in time for Jalen Hurts to possibly find them? And do you have confidence Jalen Hurts can do the quarterback job as a passer and still be effective enough to put up, I would say, 17 to 20 points minimum in order to win this game?
1: If he does what he did in that first quarter against Washington and the first half against the Giants and then that complete game against the Giants before that, absolutely not. But if he did what he does in that last half of the game in both weeks, back to back games where he steps up and he sits in the pocket and he's able to identify where the rushers are coming from. And he has a good rapport with these guys. And Seriani has been upping his game plan when it comes to those wide receiver screens. They didn't have much success in that department early on. Things have been turning around a little bit. They like to work that tight end screen in, which I believe is probably the best way to combat a very attacking front. Because if Goddard even just shows three-point stance, Hits up in the face of the defensive end and then just pops out, he could break one of those tight end screens for 20 yards. And if that's going to be the MO of Washington, I completely think that Nick Sirianni will do what is best for Jalen Hurts and get that ball out quick out of his hands. Because if he does get hit, he will tend to press. He will tend to make bad decisions. But if he is able to read the game quick, see who his open guy is pre-snap, which if you're going to put that many guys up in the box, you're going to see those pre-snap lineups, and it's going to be pretty easy. If you have one guy on the outside, where's your man look? Who's your man beater? Oh, well, you have Devontae Smith, who has an unbelievable release and can get off the line of scrimmage with ratherly good success. You're going to look to those guys in those shorter areas. You look at Devontae Smith, a lot of his targets are downfield. Same with Quez Watkins. Same with Jalen Rager in those intermediate to deep areas. Do they combat that by bringing those guys in, playing more zone passing attacks where they just have to find those soft areas? I'll be intrigued, David, because we're still answering these questions on Jalen Hurts, like can he do that? I don't know. I don't know how to give you a definitive answer because he hasn't faced all of these different looks. He faced a banged up Washington team a couple weeks ago, still had a little bit of a downfall in that first quarter and then turn it around. Who knows what they can do with the defense that does have as many weapons as Washington does. But when you have athletes on the field and guys that could get open one-on-one, I give this team a chance against anybody. And especially you said, Will Jackson could be out. You kind of want to target those matchups, that's one of the places I would look to a guy like Coz Watkins, a guy like Jalen Rager. So I thought that's a very great point from you.
0: Absolutely. And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles currently sitting in the seventh spot. The Washington football team was just there a couple weeks ago, and it just seems like it's an entirely different situation surrounding uh, WFT just two weeks later than what is potentially surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored to win this game. I think there's a lot of obvious reasons why they're favored to. I mean, Washington seems to be reeling while Philadelphia seems uh, to be trying not to not to be too too much of a pun, but flying high a little bit. Granted, some injuries may may threaten to kind of ground that a little bit here. I'm just going to roll with the puns apparently just throughout this entire last question. But um, looking at everything that's happening right now, you, traditionally we ask you, and you just ask me, what does Philadelphia have to do to win this game, or or how do they win this game? I actually want to flip that a little bit. If Philadelphia loses, let's let's predict a loss here for Philadelphia. If they lose, go into your Monday episode. Why did they lose this game?
1: They lost it because Jalen Hurts wasn't able to identify the pressure up front, which, held it, which caused them to hold the ball too long, which caused them to either fumble or turn the ball over. They were negative in the turnover department, either minus two or minus two or minus three, which they have been in losing matchups. I look to that Giants game where it's you're going against a, a subpar team, a below average team, and you play down to their level, and you play – They have this hits principle where the S in hits is smart football. If you don't play smart football from the quarterback position, it's all a downfall from there because then the drops come, and then the the lazy play on the defense comes because they're in bad field positions because you've turned the ball over. It all starts with the quarterback, and if he could get things going, I really think it puts a good energy into that team – but if they lose, it's because they couldn't get after the quarterback on the other side of the ball, and it was because Washington was able to get after the quarterback on defense.
0: Which, there you go. I think that gives you the key to a Washington victory right there, Gino. Appreciate the conversation as always. If uh, look, if you make if you're if the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs, I'm definitely gonna want to have you back on as much as Washington fans are going to be pained to hear division rivals talk about playoff games. Look, the best way to uh, to get to the playoffs is to win your division. Right in order to, to win your division, mm-hmm. you got to beat the teams. That are ahead of you in that if philadelphia ends up ahead of them that's that's that kind of gives you the blueprint to a division title so good luck to you this weekend the rest of the season and the postseason if that is in the philadelphia eagles future
1: yeah david i really do appreciate it and i know you got your books to look forward to on the other hand but right now i think washington has a lot to play for on sunday this isn't a walk in the park i always say take the nfc east throw the playbook out the window you never know what's going to happen on sunday And you know what? I could be having that conversation that you brought up on Monday. How did the Eagles lose this game? But we're going to think positive and we're going to (laughs) finish it off. It's the holiday season. So we wish all the Washington football team fans a happy new year and a happy new season when that does come. And hopefully a happy new name that a lot of the fans are happy with. For David Harrison, I'm Gino Camilleri. You can find me on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Find him at D Harrison82. And David, where could they find your written work and your spoken work?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, covering the Washington football team for SI.com. So you just head over there and, and go to the Fan Nation and find the coverage there. And if you uh if you want if you want Buccaneers coverage at Locked On Bucks five days a week, and that's on YouTube as well. If you want to see my ugly mug covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in audio format, uh at Locked wft pod
1: and you can find us the entire lockdown podcast network lockdown podcast.com on twitter at lockdown birds at lockdown washington football team and just make sure you're listening to us for your first listen second listen and any listen you listen to spotify stitcher soundcloud odyssey anywhere where you get your podcasts make sure you tune in rate, subscribe, and like on any platform. They're all free and it's the best gift to share via word of mouth. Happy New Year to all our fans. Best of luck to the Washington football team on Sunday and fly Eagles fly. Hey
2: Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast as